Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 3rd of March 2023. Our white paper sets out 12 national missions to ensure we take the steps necessary to embed growth in every community. And these missions include clear and stretching goals to eliminate illiteracy and innumeracy, to improve skills uptake, reduce health inequalities, upgrade transport networks, connect communities digitally, allocate research and development funding more strategically, tackle poor quality housing, improve wages and productivity, enhance pride in place and extend the program of devolution we have been delivering and to which I am so committed. Well, that was a speechified version of Michael Gove, because the original was just too echoey to understand. Thank you for that, Sky. Talking in January to the Convention of the North about what he termed the moral purpose of levelling up. Devolution was high on the agenda, and a call by the North's leaders attending the convention was for a move away from the current competitive bidding systems for government funding, which picks winners and losers, to a settlement where all regions have the funding they need to close the gaps in living standards and help grow the UK economy as a whole. In our Green Edge post this week, we're looking at the extent to which the Green Agenda is baked into the levelling up fund. But Michael, how does this all work in terms of devolution and building green skills and green growth? So as we look at levelling up, one of the key parts of that, especially with a green element into this, is the mayoral structure, which has evolved across England, I'll stress England, uh, where we have 10 combined authority mayors for the likes of London, Birmingham, Manchester, and what have you. And there are further 16 single local authority mayors, and we won't be talking about those. So let's focus on the combined authority and city region mayors. Now, they have a key role in this process in an ability to create alliances, collaborations, and cooperation at local level around a single agenda or a focused agenda to actually bring about economic regeneration, of which net zero is a key part. And when we come into the skills components of this, the combined authority mayors are also getting control of the adult education budget for their areas. Now, the adult education budget is around about four to four and a half billion pounds a year and has actually been coming down over the last 20 years with a reduction, a significant reduction of what people would term classroom-based learning. And the the remaining bulk is made up of the apprenticeship budget. But this still leaves quite significant sums going to the hands of mayors. So, for example, in London, that would leave Sadiq Khan with something like £320 million to spend on an annual basis for adult education. And in Birmingham for Andy Street, he'd have about £154 million. Now, what isn't clear to me is how much freedom they're given around these budgets, because I think quite a few of them have strings attached and they have to be allocated to particular activities, i.e. numeracy, literacy and the like, and therefore aiding people getting into work and building up the basic skill set. And so how much of that money is free and available to support green growth is not clear. Now, the interpretation and implementation of this word devolution is becoming increasingly moot. Looking at the definitions of the word, the Oxford reference tells us that devolution is a legislated transfer of power from a central government to regional governments upon terms dictated by the central government, including the delegated power to make legislation. Bit of a mouthful. 
while the UK Parliament website simply says that devolution is the decentralization of governmental power. Let's hear again what our speechified Michael Gove had to say about devolution in his Convention of the North speech, and we'll follow that with the view of the real Steve Rotherham, the Liverpool City Region Mayor, from a recent interview with the Byline Times. While relocating central government decision-making is important, even more critical is empowering local decision-making through meaningful, durable, devolution. I hope I do not need to rehearse in front of this audience the benefits strong mayoral leadership has brought, most notably to Greater Manchester, the West Midlands and the Tees Valley. Before 2010 the only significant devolution in England had been in London. Now strong mayors in our major cities are acting as agents of economic growth. I don't believe that we've got devolution. I think we've got decentralisation because you get a pot of money from central government that has strings attached to it. If we had proper devolution, it would give us some fiscal devolution and it would give us additional powers. And what we're actually asking for is for the ability for us to do things more nimbly here than a monolith in Whitehall and Westminster could possibly ever do for us. So we have to demonstrate that you get better value for money, a bigger bang for our book. We've been able to do that with every pot of money that we've had that's been devolved to us, and we want more of it. What we need is a single pot of money. And we might see that, might be because both Greater Manchester and the West Midlands, who are what's called trailblazers, they may well be getting a single pot settlement in the future. Now, if that happens and it works, then I want us to be next in line. Unless we redress and address the imbalance in the economy, then UK PLC is not going to maximise the latent potential of areas like ours. Now, genuinely, we're not asking for handouts. We don't want to build white elephants or grand schemes. We want to develop industrial areas and sectors that currently the UK, basing lots of its eggs, should we say, in one nest in London, can't possibly do for us. So we want to be the powerhouses, just like the federal structure in Germany. People will think that Liverpool City Region, Liverpool as the brand, is just about the past or, you know, about historical things that we're rightly proud of, but it's not. If you have a look at where advanced computing is happening, if you have a look at infectious diseases with the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine and the development in that as a, a sector, life sciences, have a look at the laboratories that are being built. All of these fourth industrial sectors are happening here. And of course, that's even without touching on the likes of the Green Industrial Revolution, which really will find a home in the Liverpool city region because we will become Britain's renewable energy coast. No other comment from us on that, other than a reminder that you can find this week's post, Leveling Up the Green, on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Right, Michael, let's move on to this week's post. We've been looking at the project list, haven't we? Okay, so if we move then into the levelling up and the series of projects that have been announced, we've been gone through two phases. A couple of hundred projects have been agreed. But what seems to be emerging there that these projects are agreed in principle, but not cannot be signed off by the Secretary of State. They still have to go through a secondary sign-off, by the sounds of it, through the Treasury. 
You also wonder how many of these projects, given the rate of inflation, now are not viable. The funds will not be sufficient to actually see them through in the, in the time period. And from a optics perspective, I think we're a little bit intrigued that this allocation of, say, best part of £4 billion is not being presented alongside the context of other investments at local level, especially around the green agenda, be it around major energy projects, the development of the free ports, the whole push around the LSIPs and their skills develop improvement plans that are going into place and actually providing a bit of more coherent piece of where the levelling up specific projects are enhancing and boosting what is already planned and already got a fair bit of momentum behind it. If you take the West Midlands, the West Midlands will be investing something like £360 million in transport-related projects. A £20 million project from the Department for Levelling Up isn't going to make the difference. But if I knew 360 was being invested, I might have a different perspective on that. This 20 million might be opening up a new station or a new line or something else in addition to it. And I think it's having that context in the numbers is very, very important. Thank you, Michael. Now, I've just got time to tell you that for the next month or two, the Green Edge is going global. Well, not exactly global, but while Michael is staying to hold the fort back here in Blighty, I'm basing myself in Cape Town to take a look at the green economy down there. While some of the South Africans we've talked to here in the UK are doing notable things in the green world, one of the well-documented issues that's been going on for many years in the country itself is the energy crisis, which a week or two ago was declared by President Cyril Ramaphosa as a state of disaster. So, among other things, while I'm editing the podcasts around the load shedding, I'll be looking at what the country is doing about the disaster and hopefully around transitioning to a green grid that stays on for a bit more than it does right now. I'll let you know. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.